This is Talking Dirty, Get Gardening's podcast for plant lovers. The video version is available on our Get Gardening YouTube channel, so you can head over there if you want to see our ugly mugs, and there are pictures of the plants there as well. There are full plant lists on our Twitter and Instagram at Get Gardening Now, so go check those out. But without further ado, let's start Talking Dirty. Now, I was very excited to hear about chrysanthemums, but when I uh, popped by earlier this morning, you did seem to have quite a lot of other plants. <laughs> well, I do. I will, I, will, uh, I will wave one at you, which I'm sure will go straight onto Alan's list. <laughs> this is going to cost me, I can tell. <laughs> I should have warned you it was going to be such an expensive morning. Well, I mean, we haven't been anywhere for a long time, so I'm not minding too much. <laughs> OK, so this is a plant. Uh, I got it in Holland again before the B word. And um, somehow when I got it, I wrote the name down wrong. So I've been selling this as Rabidosa effusa, Rabidosa effusa. Well, it was pointed out to me that Rabidosa effusa is a spider from America. So it can't possibly... So I've been selling this plant under a spider's name for the last two or three years, but not longer. <laughs> so now I've 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 checked checked my information, and now I know it's called Rabdosia, not Rabidosa, but Rabdosia. Now I think I forgive myself for getting that wrong, because Rabdosia and Rabidosa it's the same letters but in a different order. Anyway, let's have a look at it. It is the most amazing violet blue flower right now. And if you look carefully, you can see the leaves have got a lovely purple colour. It is the most stunning colour. And if you have big clumps of this, it's dramatic through the garden because it's such an intense blue violet colour now when there isn't actually that much going on. The best blues we have now are aconitums. Um, Alan, have you got anything else that's good now? No. Asters, of course, but they don't have this intensity of colour. Asters don't have the intensity of the blueness. They have. Yeah. They go more towards purple, don't they? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So uh, if you want something that's really intense blue, it's going to be about three foot high, 90 centimetres. I would say part shade, probably better than full sun. Um, and as tough as a boot, hardy, completely hardy, no problem whatsoever. It's pleased. It's just, un <laughs> it's just unusual, you know, so... Uh, and... It's got that kind of blue that's almost luminous. I saw this yeah. across your nursery the other day and yeah. it really catches your eye because it has that kind of luminosity. From a distance, you know, you can be you can be a long way away and just get to the corner of your eye and you have to turn and look. It's the most amazing colour, isn't it? Yeah. Something. Kind of little, are they almost like little tubes, those flowers? They're little tubes. It's in, it's in the uh, Lamium Nepeta family. So it's in that in that group. So the little tubular flowers with a with a lip, like all the lambiums and the peters have. So, yeah. But it is it is for this time of year. It is really quite dramatic. Uh, now we're going to talk about something that we associate with May and June, uh, which is allium. And Ooh. there's a superb little allium that flowers now. This is allium tumbergi, and there's, there's there's a variety called Azawa, and there's another variety uh, album, allium tumbergi. Here we are, November flowering. And looking absolutely beautiful. A little tiny thing. I need to go and check if mine's in flower. I've got this and I forgot. You've got this. Ah, <laughs> oh, okay. Well, anyway, I think I think it's lovely for flowering now and, and just, you know, being really quite cheerful right now. And, you know, it, it's interesting because most alliums we associate with full sun, we grow this one quite happily in part shade. So, uh, you know, yes, it will grow in full sun, no problem. But it flowers, no, no problem whatsoever in part shade. So... That's a very good plant for growing in a, in, a, in a sink or a tub. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, we, like we were um, we were talking to the Picton Garden last time, and uh, Ross pointed out that we're getting into that time when you're starting to look for the little treasures again. And I think that that's in that category. It's one of those lovely things that you like. You know, for instance, I hadn't noticed it probably is in flower, and there it will be, sort of hopefully, unless it's died. You know, peeping out from betwixt the plants. And uh, I love I love the little treasures. It's such an exciting time when you're sort of looking for them. Well. Speaking of little treasures. Oxalis. Yes. Oxalis European. It's the weed from hell. <laughs> but somebody has found a variegated one. So me being me, I have to splash out. It cost me eight pounds. Ludicrous. <laughs> I don't really spend that much money on a plant, but it was so hideous. I love I love the almost kind of pun of splashing out on a variegated plant that has splashes of sort of pink on its leaves. <laughs> I've been around for a bit, you know I have. But anyway. But yeah, so I thought, well, I need to have one. I, we're going to work out whether it comes true to seed or not, uh, whether I have to do cuttings or not. But uh, you can just imagine this becoming as much of a menace as a normal one, um, <laughs> which, is why, which is why you'd probably have to live in a cage somewhere and not be allowed out. Well, in actual fact, they are very easy from cuttings, Joe, aren't they? Yeah, they are, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. this is, this is um, Oxalis europea plum crazy, it's called, plum crazy. That's right. And there is there is a second one out there as well, which I didn't buy, but I just thought, well, I'll get it. So how do you do a cutting of that, to ask the obvious question? Well, you know, anything that's the right length. Uh, it depends how uh, you want to remove all the flower buds because you don't want it flowering in the cutting frame. And um, I would say that, uh, you know, it, it's not the right time of year, but any shoot that's about three, three or um, four inches long would be ideal for cutting. I mean, it's, it's really easy to root. Um, but if this comes true from seed, then that's relatively pointless. Um, and there's another species, um, Corniculator, which, which runs. So you can just propagate it from runners. But this one doesn't run uh, or doesn't run very much. But um, I would say any of these pieces. The reason you take the flower buds off is because if you've got it in a closed condition in a bag or in a cutting frame, those flowers will just rot. So uh, as you take off anything that you don't want that, you know, that may rot in the frame because you're trying to reduce the amount of prices and whatever you get in there. And flowers are notorious. If they open in the damp conditions in a, in a propagating frame, then they will rot. So I would always take the flowers off. And even, even things like fuchsias and anything that, that won't stop flowering, I always pick all the flower buds off. Is that what you do as well, Alan? I do indeed. You're absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. It's a fiddly yeah. process. And you, it's it's a fiddly it, process. Yeah, but it, it is very necessary. Yeah, absolutely. Same way that when I'm doing pelagonium cuttings, I take the stipules off the off the stems as well because that any anything, as you say, anything that you don't want, take it off. Yeah, yeah, because you're trying to you want to leave enough leaf to produce enough hormones to get the roots going. Yeah, uh, and I've noticed also uh, with if you leave something too long and it starts to grow lushly, then it gets botrytis. Yes. So actually, you need to you need to be observant and see. Just the point when it starts rooting, that's the time to get it out and move it on. Because yeah. if you leave it too long, as I say, it, it will grow and then be too lush and get retired. I'm running out of room. Uh, right. Uh, <laughs> I just uh, have to Let's tell see. you something, Joe. Before we go any further, you're the first person I've gone over to, onto two pages with. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. And this, well, is the, got... this is the size of my book. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. A4. <laughs> yeah, well, I've got quite a list going on down here. <laughs> <laughs> Got a shopping all right so now obviously now is the time for sigmon uh lots and lots of different ones going on so this is uh silicium which is okay to grow i found it short-lived it seeds itself about um 
woodland conditions, likes um, pine leaf mould, Alan, of which yeah. you have a lot. <laughs> and and um, yes, know, we, we, um, we have uh, the season goes through purpurassens, then into hedrifolium, crassifolium, which I'll show you in a minute. And then there's a whole group, uh, Mirabile, uh, this silicium and uh, um, a few others that flower now. So now is sort of almost peak species thickman time. If you want to go and invest in those, they're small, as you can see. Um, but, you know, in the right place in the garden, in my woodland garden, they really stand out because there's nothing else going on at the moment. And I know, Alan, you've got lots of woodland as well. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's the sort of thing that you want to put through on a woodland walk. They come yep. up and do their thing. And Silesium, as I say, um, I started off with just being given a packet of seed and I just threw it in the garden. And away we, away we go. So um, that's Cyclamen Silesium. Actually, it's, it's, then, it is a thing about Cyclamen, I think, that, that, you know, people probably think, oh, well, uh, you know, there's a tiny little plant and I'm going to need three. So they buy three and they put them in and they think, oh, it still looks a bit mean, but just wait, give it four or five yeah, years yeah. and there'll be, you know, a carpet. This is, you've got it's, to... like, it's like, I like, when I, when I started off with Cyclamen Rapandum, yeah. I bought three and they planted them and they flowered and then they died. And I thought, okay, well, I won't be trying that again. And then two years later, Absolutely everywhere, particularly yeah. the pandem coming up. They had seeded, and the ants had carried the seed about, and they were coming up all over the place. Yeah. And now I have repandum, you know, all through my garden. But you know, the initial purchase of three plants, you know, I thought was a write-off because they didn't survive. But you know, that's what they do. They just seed yeah. themselves around. And you know, some some species are easier than others. Repandum is a particularly good one. Um, Peloponnesiacum is a good one, and obviously the Crassifolium and Hedrifoliums are. Uh, also very good for naturalizing. I bought a tray of cyclamen from the Dutch lorry the other day. Yeah. Um, and they were labeled cyclamen cum. Well, clearly they were cyclamen heterifolium. Yeah. But amongst them was, um, they were just general pinks and whites, right? Amongst them were three plants or four plants, I think, which had plain silver leaves. Mm -hmm. So I've whipped those out and put them in a separate place in the garden. Yeah. Because I think yeah. that I, I want to try and preserve the, that, that leaf. They had white flowers, but, and, you know. Yeah, well, if you if you grow a lot of cyclamen like I do, you'll find that you get a variation. And if you put it on its own in a separate corner, they don't come 100% true. None of them do, but they be, they will come, you know, reasonably true. So things like um, silver cloud or uh, white cloud will come true. Uh, Tarban silver arrow will come reasonably true. But then there's other things which um, never will never come true or it's a very limited amount. Mm. So things like Taliban Helena, Taliban Shirley, those those ones, the proportion that's right is very, very small. Red sky, the proportion that's right is very small. So, you know, you you you, you learn after a while what kind of proportion you're going to get. Now, there's some, con you know, some people say, well, should they really be cultivars at all? Because they don't actually see through properly. But, you know, that's, that's you know, every plant does its own thing and we just have to live with it. And so with cyclamen, <laughs> with cyclamen hedrifolium varieties, uh, I mean, I'll just quickly, hang on, let me, because I brought all these in. <laughs> this, this is uh, a hedrifolium. Yeah. Well, that's a very elongated leaf, Joe. And totally silver. Yeah. And I put this on its own in its own corner, and then it will come mostly true. And then from this, I've got the same leaf, but with white flowers. Yeah. And I put that in its own corner, and now that's coming mostly true. But, you know, it, uh, I've got the luxury of having a lot of space. Yeah. So, you know, I can do that kind of thing. And um, you've got a lot of space also. So you can do that kind of thing. You can start hiving off little populations to do their own thing. And then the other one I'm waving here is the one that I did talk about and I said I was going to show you, which is Cyclamen crassifolium. Crassifolium. It's just as easy to grow, if not easier, than hedrifolium. 
It's got much bigger leaves and it flowers when hedrofolium finishes, which is sort of September, October time. This one is starting and this will flower all the way to Christmas. And it's also very sweetly scented. So some hedrofolium forms are scented and some are not. But crassifolium is always strongly scented. So it's a really good garden plant if you can get it. And it's totally hardy. It's just as easy to grow as anything else. Um, uh, just a different species. Can I have on my list, please? Yeah, okay. <laughs> Dripping water on my on my laptop. That's no good. Um, <laughs> right. Okay. Let's go back to what I was waving before. I'll take some. You're supposed to put, uh, and I and I. I'm sorry. I watched a video clip about this. So a guy who insisted that white rice would cure his uh, device problems, and if you drop your phone in water and you want to get the water out, then yes, you can use white rice to get the water out because it soaks all the water, but it won't fix your device. It will just get the water out. If you're very, very lucky and your device wasn't damaged by the water, then that's fine. It will not cure or fix any mechanical fault or electronic fault with the mobile phone. Never mind. So we so, won't put white rice all over your laptop yeah, then? Well, I shall just be very careful I don't drip any more water on there. Um, so the other group that's firing now and looking absolutely lovely are crocus. And these are the true crocus. So this is um, crocus gulimi. And uh, I find this extremely easy in the garden, along with uh, speciosus, which is the one that most people know. And uh, there's one called borei. All of those three species are very easy to grow in gardens. Pulchellus is another one. Um, you know, they reproduce well, they seed about. Uh, and I've got quite a lot of this particular one. I've grown it from seed from several different sources and then just planted them out and they do fine, absolutely fine. So that's crocus gulimi. And it, this one comes in shades of white and uh, pale purple. How long from seed to flower, Joe? About three years. So it's, yep. it's, it's longer than you'd like, but, you know, it's still not too bad. And, um, you know, we, we've grown the seed in pots, but I think from now on, I'm just going to throw the seed in the garden. It's, it's, it's almost as easy as Thomas in the anus, but it's an yep. autumn one, if that makes yeah. sense. So yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just start throwing seed around. Um, the other things I'm waving... Alstroemeria, this is rock and roll. And the point with this is that a lot of plants are flushing up in the autumn. So we always assume that uh, autumn is a time when everything's going to sleep. But things like arums. Yeah, I'm look, looking at my arums this morning. Yeah, they're all coming through. They're looking fantastic. Yeah. Alstroemerias will often flush up in the autumn. So there's a whole group of plants that will produce you nice foliage. Now, this foliage may get trashed by the winter weather, but it's quite nice now. and We can be enjoying it. And so... There are things you can choose just for foliage, for coming up now, for looking good. And particularly with the arums um, and the pulmonaries, they'll go on looking good all winter. What you just said about foliage is so important because, I mean, you know, nobody wants to look at bare earth in the winter. And I mean, you know, you just mentioned arums, arums in the in shade. This is arums in the winter, hostas in the summer, interplant. There you are. There's an answer to your problems. But foliage is just so important, I agree. Yeah, well, this is where, where the segment I waved earlier come in because... You've got the flowers in the autumn. Yeah. You've got those leaves all the way through through till May. And in the yes. winter, cinnamon hedrofolium leaves in the winter are particularly good. And especially you've got the silver ones and all the different fancy ones. You've got a lovely leaf pattern going on on the ground. Yeah. So you don't have bare ground. And if you've got this mixture of, you were just saying, arums and various other things, you can have a quite a nice garden in November and December just through this foliage. You know, regardless of having the snowdrops and the cinnamon and um, you know, various other things flowering as well as you've got this lovely carpet of foliage. And as you say, Alan, it grows beneath everything else. Yeah. So when the, when the spring stuff comes up, that's when it's dying down. So it, it's mm. a perfect combination. 
Is that Sisterinky Aunt May? It is Sisterinky Aunt May, and it's it's the same point that that this will look good all the way through the winter. And yes, Sisterinky, we normally grow it for its little yellow flowers, but the Aunt May fantastic variegated leaves and not everybody likes variegation but never mind but it will look good all through the winter and again choosing things if you've got a small garden choosing things that will go on looking good or have a you know another season of interest you know which which this aunt may certainly does because it's looking absolutely stunning right now that's beautiful lovely fan of variegated foliage let me try and get a little bit of stuff out of here because i've just got a little little bit too much going on I've been in that little room. There's, there's not a lot. Of, I don't know how he's fitting this many plants around his laptop. <laughs> I love this. So very, very exciting Michaelmas Daisy entering into the uh, into the shop. Well, there's a, there's a lot of Michaelmas Daisies. There are. Uh, and this particular one I've raised by using Aster lateriflorus. Yeah. We're crossing it with one of the big tall blue ones and i've ended up with a seedling that is very intermediate uh not named yet but i think uh, and you've seen this sort you know it's really pretty yeah very it's almost certainly almost certainly will get named but clusters are still going so we've got um quite a lot still in flower we've got november's lawn i don't know if you grow that one and anyone who grows is it called prince or the prince that little kind of White, pinky-centred, because Daisy. Well, that the the Lateriflorus I used to create that plant was Prince. And this is like that on steroids. Yeah. You know, for anyone who's listening, it's it's well, like you know, if you if you propagate that one that you bred and you name it, or if, even if you don't name it, I'd love it. <laughs> so I name it Alan Gray. Please do. Don't <laughs> <Might> be flattered. <laughs> okay. All right. So so we think that asters are mostly gone, but I'm just proving to you with one case in point that they're not. And the other one here, which I'm waving, is it's a, I know it's a poor plant of it, but it's called November's Lan, obviously flowering in November. And so you can, although the main flush is over, you know, if you think it's September, October, if you pick carefully, there are varieties that flower later that you can go on with. Um, and the same is true with, uh, we talked about aconitums. Uh, aconitum, the Grim Reaper, is still looking good. You know, so uh, there are, um, you know, taller, I don't know where the Simicifugas, are they still on or have they finished? Alan? They finished with me. They've gone. Okay, yeah. yeah. But, you know, so there are things that naturally do flower this late. And, you know, again, you can pick and you can find those things that will flower at the time. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure what else I've got, really. I, think- I should say, for anyone who has been completely bamboozled by plant names, always the show notes of these podcasts have a full plant list. So you just need to go down and anything that's mentioned should be there in the list. So never fear. If you're listening to this as you're in the potting shed or as you're walking or something and you're thinking, oh, no, I'm never going to remember all of these. Don't worry. Well, we, can, we, can, we can do something on Latin if you want <laughs> at some point, if you want to. Well, always. You know, yeah. this is like this is uber geeking out about plants. So anything, whether it's their names. Oh, the dog's about to I, start I know I disagree. It's not geeking out about plants. What it is. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm getting enormous pleasure from this because I'm extending them season of bloom in my garden. And, and I'm always wanting to do that. And and I just think it's so clever um, that we've got a very clever man here with us today, Joe, um, who who knows how to breed plants and all the rest of it. I mean, I'm, I'm completely speechless with admiration for you doing that because <laughs> I find it, um, well, I, I can propagate, put it that way, but I can't breed. <laughs> we do. We all do our own thing, though, don't we? And we yes, all can we do. do it in our own way. Yeah. You have a fantastic garden that's open to the public. And, you know, you try and present the best show. 
I grow plants and breed plants and then you buy my plants and then you put them in the garden and show them to the public. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, exactly. it's all working around. And, and you hopefully know, they will then come to Joe Sherman to buy some. <laughs> oh, maybe. You know, who knows? You know, one could always hope. One thing's for sure, I think everybody is going to have lots of FLOMO from the acres of wonderful varied plants, whether it's autumn snowdrops or chrysanthemums or cyclamen or any of the other treasures you've shown. We're all going to have this, this fear of missing out that we tend to get about plants that we haven't yet got in our collection. I already knew I'd have a ton of FLOMO from this. The um, the chrysanthemum, the doctor that I can never remember the name Pompa. of. That. Oh, I need I need that. That's a need, not just a want. Um, and there are so many chrysanthemums I think I probably do need. Brian Ellis, I often talk about following him on Instagram. If you are into your autumn snowdrops and your chrysanthemums and really any special plant and the story behind it. Uh, Galanthaholic, I think he is on Instagram. Well worth following. He posted about a chrysanthemum called Killerton Tangerine the other day. And you can probably see immediately why I'm drawn to that with the name Tangerine. <laughs> so it's obviously within my I favorite. I thought it was a kiloton that would, re- would <laughs> Within my favorite color palette. So that is another one that I'm sort of interested in, but I don't know anything about it or, you know, whether it's a stronger grower. Um, so it's probably not quite up there with the doctor, but it's on the wish list. Um, and obviously the Rhabdosia, because that just calls to you across the nursery when you see it so I've, I've definitely got that on the wish list uh joe is there anything that you're hankering after well there is a there is a plant um which uh i may have mentioned this before but i'm still desperate to, to grow it uh, better is mandragora autumnalis so it's an autumn flowering mandrake. Yeah. so the spring one has got these kind of slightly browny yellowy flowers which are really odd color and makes enormous fruit lurid Yes, and if you if you have if you have it long enough, it starts to spread around the garden and can almost become a menace. Well, autumnalis is flowering now with blue flowers, really good blue flowers. It flowers um, like they all do, um, you know, about five centimeters tall, very low. The leaves are prostrate on the ground, and it makes like mandrakes do in this enormous root underneath. And I've um, very sensibly of me, I I got three and I gave one, I gave two to Rosie. Rosie yeah. Steele, and she grows it to perfection, but we can't get any seeds because there's only one plant. So what I dearly love to do is get another plant or two and try and get some seeds to get this thing going because it's such a stunning plant. You imagine something the size of a dinner plate with just this huge nest of blue flowers coming up in the middle. It really is stunning. So the next time next time you're at Rosie's, you need to go and ask her and have a quick look at this thing, or I'll take no, a photograph, yeah. photograph of it. But uh, I, um, there's only one nursery that does it, and I have uh, tried asking several times. I just need to be polite and persistent, I think, uh, to try and get some more plants of this. But it is the most stunning thing flowering now. No wonder you've got FLOMO about that. It sounds absolutely phenomenal. And I don't know if we've got time for Alan's FLOMO list, because I think it's like most of the podcast, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 but there is two. there are two things that um, stand out for me, really, and that's the chrysanthemum etna. Um, which I love the look of. I, I thought you'd also, like that. <laughs> I would also like to get Julia Peterson again, because I think I have lost her. I'm not 100% sure, but I think I have. Um, so I'd like to have that. Um, and I would love the Cicerinchium or the Aster. Um, no, the Aster that may or not, may not be called Alan Gray. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I you know, it's, it's first year flowering, and I think it's absolutely stunning, having, having looked at lots of other Asters. So... Yeah. 
Uh, I, you know, time will tell. I need to propagate it. I need to get mm. it going, seeing if it is consistent and reliable. It could probably be a couple of years. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I'm not but going I, anywhere, Joe. I've got too much to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I think it, I think it's going to be a stunning variety because it's so short and so free flowering. Yeah. This has been even more inspiring than I could have possibly imagined. And I thought I had a good handle on it because I'd had such a good preview of the plant, seeing as we live so close. But what a stupendous way to spend well, the podcast. <laughs> I think it's absolutely terrific because here we are at the time of year. I mean, we're now recording this on the 7th of November. Um, and it's the time of the year when everybody's thinking about everything's winding down. The hell it is. It's <laughs> not. And we're the proof. <laughs> I'm already looking forward to next time but until then happy gardening everybody happy gardening everybody <laughs> hey Fordis here just to say thank you so much for listening to Talking Dirty you are now officially our favourite person if you really liked it please do subscribe because we'll be back for more plant loving mayhem next week and as you're our new favourite person we don't want you to miss out if you've got a question for Alan and the experts, you can email it to hello at getgardeningnow.co.uk. So happy gardening, and we'll see you, oh favourite person, next time. Hey.